Welcome to Every Album Ever with Mike and Alex. My name is Michael Mansour. I'm joined as always by my lovely, wonderful, patient co-host, Alexander Volt. Say hello. So ready to uh, shit my pants today. Uh, or I should say, we're going to beat the audience blue till they shit in their pants. Okay. That sounds more like a lyric. Yeah. This is Every Album Ever, the podcast <laughs> where we listen to every single album in the world, one artist at a time. That is E.D. Scott, a new discography uh, per episode. And today... We are talking about the dead Kennedys. Hell yes. The dead Kennedys. Dead Kennedys. Uh, this was a request from my good friend, Emily. Thank you very much for requesting this because this is, this isn't a job for me. This is not a fucking job for me. I love the dead Kennedys. We all should love dead Kennedys. This is a, this is a delight. So prevalent. I'm so excited. Huh? Sadly, their songs are still prevalent today. Yeah, I used to. Man. That's a lot of punk bands where, like, uh, like uh, also, like, I'll throw on some bad religion. I'm like, why is this song still relevant? Like, I wish they weren't. And it, yeah, Dead Kennedys were were one of the more political punk bands, but they were they they were so they did so in a way that was always really really entertaining, really Satire. funny, super yeah, super satirical, really funny, over the top, zany like a motherfucker, but also. Also, brilliant songwriters. Yeah, all I think all all four members. Uh, there's some rotating members, but mm-hmm. f- they're like core four. Yeah, this all four are amazing, spectacular. Uh, man, I, I knew we would get around to them eventually. I'm glad that they were requested uh, because it's just an excuse to go back to them. And I, I didn't realize uh, how much I really, really wanted to re-listen to everything until I started. I thought, oh, this is, oh, this is fucking, oh, this is joy. This yeah. is joy. Yeah, it was uh, more, f- more fun than I thought it was going to be. Hell yeah. Because, uh, man, like, I think this is the first, the first artist on this podcast where I had already heard the entire discography before. Mm-hmm. Uh, bef- for even the bands that I'm really familiar with. No, never mind. I scratched that. I heard all of Death's album. Yeah, there's, there's Episode been 23, a few. Death. Yeah, uh, there's been a few for uh, me. I was, yeah, okay. So I was wrong. Whatever. It's still, still very prominent. This band. Uh, God damn! I started listening to them very young. Um, I mean, I've been into punk. We know this. I talk about punk a lot. Uh, if you like punk, you know Dead Kennedys. If you don't listen to Dead Kennedys and you like punk, you're a liar and a poser or whatever the fuck people say. Remember, remember when people and used to call people poser? Remember that word? And a fascist. Uh, man, it's been a long time since <laughs> I've uh, called anyone a poser or a fascist. But In hindsight, calling people a poser was, was real stupid and really only yeah. something children do. So Absolutely. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. A poser would say that, though, you know, just saying. Oh, a poser would say that. Yeah. Yeah, If uh, someone's like uh, pretending to like a band, don't don't give them shit. This show them the way. Indulge them. Yeah. Don't make them feel like shit because they don't know, you know, obscure band A, B and C. Also, it's a it's I'm learning a lot on this podcast about like like if you don't like a band, it's okay. It's okay to not enjoy something. Yes. Just because it's liked by other people doesn't mean you have to also like it. Yes. Uh, too many holy cows or sacred cows. Sacred cow. when, <laughs> holy cow. Holy, holy cow. cow. I wonder if that's why people say sacred cows instead of holy cow. <laughs> We're changing it. As yeah. of now, it's now holy cow. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, too many sacred cows for me as a, as a ute. Mm-hmm. I wish I... Uh, 
dialed it back a little, but uh, that's part of uh, growing up, maturing. Absolutely. And but dead candies were not that for me. They, they're, I guess they're a sacred cow, or I'm sorry, a holy cow, but <laughs> rightfully so. Uh, when people think punk, they think uh, sex pistols and yelling and general Lower aggression moans, with leather yeah. jackets Aggre- spikes ag- aggression with no real musical prowess these guys were all musical prowess they ah uh, i feel inventive like inventive as fuck i feel like that's like the punk bands we've covered so far are all extremely extremely talented musicians uh for sure and i, I don't think the De- are, are as talented as like x or minutemen or anything but in terms of what they do uh, creatively and songwriting wise unmatched. And I, I can't think of very many bands that have ever done uh, anything similar stylistically. Uh, very, Cause go on. I, I may be getting a little hit ahead, but like ideally like this is what like rockabilly should sound like. You mean good? Yeah. 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 I agree. I hate rockabilly. Also hate psychobilly, but <laughs> Same thing, tomato, yeah. tomato. That's not true. No, Psychobilly is way more aggressive. Psychobilly is actually, if I had to judge it based on a guy who hates both genres, Psychobilly is better. Um, <laughs> but I do hate the. <laughs> I, you know what? Side note: I've heard from people uh, who spent some time with people in that scene that those are the worst people. Like <laughs> the Psychobilly fans are like right. the worst crowds. The worst crowds. I don't know if like uh, most violent, most drunk, most uh, ag- aggressive and obnoxious. I feel like. I keep talking about uh, Dylan Gabig. Shout out to G- Dylan Gabig. If he considered himself like a rockabilly, we need to get him on the show one day. Because that is a friend of ours who I I'm is, learning more things about. I did not know he. Oh, when I met partook in the, the the dark arts of rockabilly. When I met Dylan, he like had like the oh pomp. the the pomp yeah or the quaff the pomp pomp yeah the, really yeah Woo! dude one Woo! day. Cause uh, he's a he's a tired boy. One day he like fell asleep, and this left like a greasy outline <laughs> in my pillow. <laughs> oh, it's gross. Uh, Anyways, so dead candies backstory, or as much of it as we can get to. Or because uh, I don't I don't know much about the backstory. So aside from that, they're from the Bay Area. Yes, formed nineteen seventy nine. Uh, East Bay Ray posted an ad in the Recycler. That is a guitar uh, player, East Bay Ray. Yes. So if you're uh, youngin, uh, Recycler was like Craigslist, but in physical yeah, form. Yeah, it was it was paper Craigslist. Uh, and then they recorded their demos the same year. Uh, that got them some traction. Also, their uh, their name is awesome. Yeah, it's a great band name. Yeah, got them a lot of like publicity, yeah. a lot of like negative publicity. So uh, sometimes they would like play under different names. Let's talk about the name a little bit. It's it's become uh, like a like a, a no thought to me, a non thought mm-hmm. rather, uh, because of how how many times we've heard the name Dead Candies. But think about it. That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> I mean, it's I mean not the fact that John John Kennedy was shot, but. A bat just we're we're just I don't know I can't I can't fathom how much I love the name Dead Candies. Well, they said it wasn't like as much a dig on the Kennedys, although I feel like Jello's probably 
got digs against every and any politician. Yeah, yeah, for sure, um, for sure. He said it was more like that's when he like viewed like a decline in America is when Kennedy was shot. So it's not like necessarily poking fun at the Kennedys. Yeah. It's more like this is yeah the decline of. So the reason why I love it, and I was getting all fucking flustered when I was trying to explain it, is because uh, band names that are a pluralized noun i usually don't like at all but when it can be when someone makes it funny or interesting i'm i'm fucking in love the melvins yeah for one the name the melvins is because they had a like a it was like a a dweeby co-worker a, yeah whose name was melvin who nobody liked and you know what? we're gonna name our band the melvins yeah. it's like the most it's a brilliant name it's brilliant the same with dead candies like i hate pluralized you know the fucking i can't think of a like the ramones is another good one Okay. Like we're just the Ramones. None of us are Ramon anything, but we're the Ramones. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Whatever. I'm trying to think of one to piss you off, but I can't. Uh, yeah, there's got to be a lot of, I mean, there's so many bad ones that I, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, like mm-hmm. Tom Petty is the name that makes it good. The Heartbreakers is a stupid fucking name. Um, I don't know if it's really fucking, fucking uh, Mumford and Sons. Okay. That's an awful band. I fucking hate them. I uh, really I like the, fucking hate them. I like, Why'd you do that? I'm upset now. Like, why'd you bring them up? That's the only reason to bring them up. I like the Brian Post saying joke where the only way you should be allowed to call your band Mumford and Sons is if your name is actually Mumford and those are actually your fucking sons. Oh, yeah. I thought you were going to say like you own a, a general store or something. Or that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's too similar to uh, Stanford and Sons. Shout out to your brother, Robert. Sanford. Isn't Sa- it? Yeah. Sanford uh, and Sons. What? Uh, Stanford da, 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 da. Stanford and Sam was the more educated version yeah, of the show. Samford. Yeah. Uh, sorry, that was a bad joke. But <clears throat> uh so okay, so they, they formed in 79. They they're 70, already well, 78 did the demos. Okay. okay. Se- formed in 78. That I heard 79. And they're already uh stirring some shit. Because they were associated with the early punk scene. Uh they they became hardcore as hardcore as it gets. Also later like, on, but I'm sure there's more, but I feel like uh, the Bay Area punk scene isn't like as popular as, say, like DC or even like Los Angeles. Uh, no, the only ones I, th- I can think of or other ones are like Flipper. They're from San Francisco, right? Mm-hmm. No, yeah. I'm not saying it's like non-existent. No, no, I'm I know. Saying but I'm saying that that's the only other band I could think of at yeah. the top of my head. Uh, whereas obviously LA, New York and Bay Area goddamn everywhere. more known for its metal. Yeah, oddly enough, <clears throat> Dick and he's uh, not very metal, but boy, are they creepy, creepy fucking band. <laughs> and I don't mean like the men. Well, I mean, Jello Biafra is pretty creepy, uh, but the the songs themselves are pretty creepy. Okay, members. So we got East Bay Ray, the guitar player, Jello Biafra, the singer. And then at this time, we have Ted on drums. Ted, Mr. Fucking not. The, okay. That's, a, that's the most normal name of <laughs> and that's not even his real name he this one but okay and, it's one and, of those uh, things 6025 i believe was like rhythm guitar oh they had a rhythm guitarist yeah only on uh fresh fruit and the california uber alice uh single yes mm-hmm. And then, uh, why am I spacing? And then Klaus. Yeah, Klaus Floyd. On the... On the bass. On the bass. Wacky ass names. Um, clearly a bunch of wacky dudes. Klaus 
did a he did had a couple solo albums and one of them I heard was real good mm-hmm. and I can't fucking find it. I don't remember what it's called. I know I'm going to Google it right now. Um, I believe um, it like really, man, we're kind of all over the place. It's, but- oh, it's called Because I Say So. came out in 1988. And I only know that because uh, my Google search immediately pulled it up because I've been searching for it <laughs> for a while. I know he put out one that was pretty like influential mm-hmm. on like Frankenchrist. Okay. Like, they were like, man, you're on to some shit. We got to yeah. incorporate that into the band. Wild fucking band. Uh, person, what's your backstory with them? Uh, well, I the origin stories are vague. It's one of two things. Of course, the Tony Hawk games. I think <laughs> oh, yeah. that Tony Hawk won was like my introduction to so much weird music like Primus and Dead Kennedy's mm-hmm. police truck was on there. Mm-hmm. Or I can't remember if it was pre or post Tony Hawk. Uh I was really into Buffy <laughs> and I was like on Oh man. Uh anyways, I was like on some like fan site or something and they were talking about like music, uh, all the characters would listen to. And someone's like, Oh, Xander would probably listen to dead Kennedy's too drunk to fuck. <laughs> so my introduction is either too drunk to fuck or police truck. Those are two favorites that we won't be talking about until a lot later on mm-hmm. in the episode. So dead Kennedy's had four albums, uh, in total, but we're going to be talking about four albums and one EP and one compilation, which is it has police truck and it has two junk to fuck and it has a bunch of other shit on it. Yeah. Um, first album came out in 1980. The last one technically came out in 1986, but the compilation we're talking about came out in 1987. So let, let us begin with the first album, 1980 fresh fruit for riding vegetables. If in progress is Sorry, I can't resist. Indulge. No, no, I will, but I don't know when. Aside from Jello being fucking Jello, this is pretty regular. This is so regular. It is. I like love his this vocals. Intro. Yeah. Well, not anymore. Not anymore. But, uh, yeah. But yeah. And now we're now we're yeah. What a wacky <laughs> to choose to sing that way. I yeah. We've talked about it on like other podcasts. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh God! Okay, but yeah, the the singing that way totally sets them apart from the pack, mm-hmm. and uh, obviously, best album, best album, personal favorite. This is one of the best albums in the world. It is. Yeah. It goes down so smoothly, unbelievable, start to finish. There's so many like punk classics on here but even like the ones people don't really talk about a lot Mm -hmm. like uh your emotions chemical warfare Mm -hmm. and uh 
All of them? All of them. All All of them? them? Yeah. This is flawless. Beginning to end, it never stops. Perfectly paced. I can name every song and tell you something about it. Mm. Well, I can't name the book. If you name me a song, tell you something about it. Yeah. Four to death. Uh, It's fuck. That song is so good. (laughs) It's so damn good. (laughs) Uh, Drug me. No one talks about drug me. Yep. So fucking spastic mm-hmm. spastic it's messy super fast i mean it's fast for 1980 it's extremely fast um i think it's one of the best songs but you know put on a little bit of drug me because it does so much within so little time we're just gonna end up listening to the full I, I know. album i know but yeah already already it's insane yeah even when they're playing a breakneck speed they come back and do something like this, where you're like, oh, it has melody. Dude. Yeah, yeah. So it, it keeps going. It keeps going crazy. Uh, beautiful song. And already from this album, so they're dabbling with the faster stuff. This is about as hardcore as it got in 1980. But then you have the one everybody knows, California, Wireless, Holiday in Cam- Cambodia. Obviously, those are the two most famous songs. And there are these fucking slow, creepy paranoid spacey uh sick twisted songs yeah uh don't most people don't really use the term epic with punk bands but to me holiday in cambodia and california uber alice are as epic Mm -hmm. punk as you can get uh musically and lyrically just uh to get you amped Mm -hmm. uh the messages are crazy we went to go see uh, comedian Gary Goldman, and that's G U L M A N. Hell yeah. Uh, and he was like talking about dictators, and he's like, like young people probably don't even know about Pol Pot. And I was like, you know, if I didn't listen to Dead Kennedys, I don't. Yeah. Pol Pot, Pol Pot, Pol Pot, Pol Pot. Because, yeah, I remember <laughs> listening to that song, like, what the fuck is at the time with yeah. the f- and like oh he's a bad the, guy yeah so guy. so uh, yeah i definitely feel like uh my life has been enriched, enriched. Yeah, yeah for sure uh ray east bay ray's guitar tone already is one of the most brilliant guitar tones one of the yeah one of the greatest punk guitar players one of the greatest guitar players and i don't mean like i mean he's a good guitar player he, he, mm-hmm. he can fucking play but uh creatively one of the greatest the the melodies that this man comes up with uh or is shit greg can only, can only dream of <laughs> because it's all uh, it's ugly and dissonant and creepy and and like the kind of wrong notes you'd hear in a horror movie soundtrack but they're done in a way that's also kind of beautiful the way it contrasts with the rest of the the rest of the song like the rest of the instruments in the song rather uh and Holiday in Cambodia is probably the best example on this album of that really reverby, echoey, spacey guitar tone. Mm-hmm. A lot of delay. And the, the the decision to use such crazy delay in a punk band is real unusual. It's like, um, I don't know when the Ramones recorded Surfing Bird, but their cover of Surfing Bo- Bird is pretty like straightforward. Mm-hmm. But yeah, whenever a band is able to like combine two like genres people don't normally think about, it's pretty and successfully. Yeah. And so seamlessly, it's always admirable and to delight. Yeah. Yeah. Um so 
the way it's paced, because this album's like less than 30 minutes, <clears throat> which is perfect. I mean, it, it does everything it needs to, and then it ends. Uh, it has the, you know, like like we mentioned, the the longer, creepier, weirder songs. And then it has like these kind of straightforward punk songs in between. But even the straightforward punk songs are still fucking weird. Yep. Like a uh, like Chemical Warfare is pretty much as basic of a punk song as you can get. But then it just does this weird lullaby thing at the end. It's like, put on that lullaby part. I don't have a timestamp, but it's at the end. All right. Uh, Bear with me. <laughs> Oh, it's too far. Too right, far? Right, right before that. All right. Yeah. Sorry for jumping around. I consider that more like uh, circus music, which is... Well, that's a lullaby. Is it? Yeah. Uh, you know what? Maybe you're right. I can't I, tell. I don't know. Whatever. If it is like circus carnival music, it's yeah. perfect for cello's voice. I, I think it's a lullaby, but you could, you know, you, you could be right. I don't, I don't remember enough to, to stand on either side. But yeah, regular ass punk song, and then they're just gonna do that at the, at the very end. Uh, and uh, what's another really good one? Um, I remember being too young, and or not too young, but like uh, not understanding who. It, like the concept of why you would want to link your landlord and then uh <laughs> and then after uh not like getting kicked out but like oh you because uh my family's renters for life mm-hmm. and uh after like having to move for like no real reason really i'm like yeah let's, let's lynch the landlord let's do yeah. it yeah fuck yeah uh when you get drafted is another really good kind of straightforward punk song but then the solo is this ooh is it fucking morbid it's just morbid east bay ray echoey ass delayed uh scary sounding thing like it's just comes out of nowhere and it really makes a song uh it gives a song more depth when really it's just the song itself separates the album and gives it the good pacing because it's just straightforward but then you throw in this fucking left turn in the middle of the the straightforward song. It just this never this album never stops being interest, interesting. Uh, and I have to mention it because it's one of the best songs ever written. Uh, I'll stand by that to the grave. Ill in the head. Ill in the head is fucking crazy. fight me. Best songs. It's genius. Complete genius. Yeah. <clears throat> that guitar guitar line. It sounds like he's playing nonsense notes, but then the bass is following him note for note. It's let's do it. So twisted. Do it. Oh my god. God damn. I'm assuming uh riffs Riffs like that are uh, what you're talking about. Uh, you're like, you, Greg Ginn wishes he could. Uh, yep. Greg Ginn fucking wishes he can. <laughs> and I like Greg Ginn and I love Black Flag, but that is genius. Mm. Oh my God. Oh, I love this album so much. And fucking Viva Las Vegas, one of the best covers. One oh, of the it, best covers. Oh, yeah. Cause, uh, yeah, it's totally different and it might, it's, yeah, it's better than, better than the original. original. And for sure. It's, it closes the album. Like, cause I think before that is Holiday in Cambodia. Mm-hmm. And then, which is this big epic song. And then you get a, you close out with a fucking, a frantic Elvis cover. Yeah. It's, oh, it's so good. It's it, so good. It does like feed into their surf rock 
yeah. uh, sensibilities and all that. There's not enough good things I can say about this album. I, I love this band and everything they, they did, but this is the one where I was already a fan mm-hmm. of like other albums before I heard this one, oddly enough. And then I heard this, I was like, this is this, the Beatles who? Like, like this is one of the best things ever written. It's, it's so consistent. It's so fucking wonderful. I remember, yeah, I remember, uh, when I would like check out albums, I would just download like three, maybe four songs to get a feel for it. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I'll buy it if it's good. Right. And then for this one, it was just like, I think I had like six or seven mm-hmm. off of it. And I'm like, well, yeah, I guess I'm buying it. Cause yeah. Yeah. It, you, there's nowhere to, there's nowhere wrong on this album. Uh, please. If you haven't heard this, God damn it. This is a, uh, this is, this is already so much better than punk. And I love, <laughs> I love punk, but this is, this is far, far beyond. <clears throat> Let's move on. What are we on? What are we on? Okay. It's Hold on. This pulling uh, it up. Yeah, pulling it up. And then so when you go on streaming services, people, uh so we're gonna talk about uh 1981's In God We Trust, but it's um on streaming services, it's usually thrown in with uh plastic surgery disasters. Yeah, it's uh even on CD, it's always at the end mm-hmm. of plastic surgery disasters, but it came out before it. It's an EP. We're going to be talking about it separately. And uh, here we go. Opening track, religious vomit. <laughs> and as, just like that, they're hardcore. <laughs> This is a man. This is as hardcore as it gets. This is exactly what like this is a, a fucking textbook definition of hardcore. This almost sounds like it, uh, like it should um, be before Fresh Fruit. Yeah. Uh, in terms of like the the musicality, it does sound uh, uh, less. It sounds more primitive than Fresh Fruit, but also. Also, like, I hate to do it because I, I don't think they have a bad... Uh, this is your worst? This, because it's the shortest... It was real hard, real hard oh, for yeah. me to pick uh, pick w- worse. Quote, quote, worse, yeah. But I'm like, this, <laughs> this is 13 minutes. <laughs> okay, so I think it's a great EP. Uh, I see why you consider their worst, technically worst release, because it, it it's the least musically adventurous, probably. Uh, and I do firmly believe that uh, we've got a bigger problem here. We've got a bigger, bigger problem now is so unnecessary. It's just California Uber Alice with like different lyrics updated for uh, Reagan. Yeah, it's like a jazzier intro too. I if it was lounge version start to finish, yeah. But then it gets faster. It just becomes the original version. But yeah, so the, I mean, there's still a ton of classics on here, yeah. or as many classics as you can get in uh, 13 minutes. I love religious vomit, mm-hmm. um, moral majority. This huge middle fingers to the religious right, um, and then rawhide. Oh. 
Which oh, is so a, good. It's a joke song, but it's so good. It's so good. Like, is that a cover? Yeah. 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 For, it's, it's from the TV show. That's right. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know it was from a TV show. I knew it was a cover, but I didn't mm-hmm. know it was from a TV show. It's one of those songs that you've heard in passing forever. <laughs> yeah. I'll just play a, yeah. a little bit. Um, also, this is their first recordings with drummer uh, DH. Peligro. So uh, that is, yeah, that's like the classic drummer. Yeah. He's so, the drummer we know from. And the then game. the rhythm guitar player is gone. So this is like the the longest incarnation of uh dead Henry's. Yeah. so here's a rawhide oh damn well let's do a tune called rawhide okay goddamn tapes rolling let's go <laughs> let's move about man jello is one charismatic front man and then yeah like i don't think they'd be able so good. I don't think they'd be able to play this if they weren't good musicians. Yeah. Like, it's so crazy. This is so good. And this is the part everyone yeah. knows. Let's take this Oh. oh, it's so good. Oh, no. So, yeah, that's... Oh, it's so good. I, that's I, like a joke song, but it's still amazing. It's still and, amazing. And then probably the most well-known track off here, uh, Nazi Punk's Fuck Off. Yeah. Uh, man, that, that song got so overplayed for me as a teen that I look... It's not... It was amazing at the time, mm-hmm. but now it's like borderline, borderline, borderline pandering. Like, we know Nazis suck. Like, okay. But yeah. back then... They were they're around. They were like like incepted into the scene. Oh, they're still they're still around. They're still around, yeah, but, yeah. but they're not like they're not welcome. Nobody nobody's like there's not that there's not a lot, and nobody's nobody's cool with it. Like uh, unless yeah. uh, unless you're a punk band in the movie Green Room and you run low on gas. I you've been telling me about that movie. I'm, I'm still afraid to watch it, dude. I'm gonna make you watch God it. Damn it. Uh, yeah. In that movie, it's a touring punk band and they run low on gas and they have to play a gig for skinheads. And then they're like, we're going to play Nazi punks fuck off to like get a oh, that's rise. Fun. That's out of funny. A- uh, yeah. Don't do that in certain parts of the country, I guess. But uh, or, do, or do or do or do and if, run. If yeah. Do yeah. and run. Absolutely. Uh, good fucking song. Good EP. Uh, I mean, that was like three times in a row. And it was like, yeah, it's 13. Like, it's 13 minutes. Yeah, yeah. It's. And then, yeah, I think they, these were actually earlier songs that they, this like came back to. Really? So it sonically sounds like it should be the first, Mm -hmm. first thing. In terms of the actual songwriting, for sure. I guess technically it is, but in terms of release, for some reason, they, this went, we're going to record the fastest thing ever. It's insanely fast. And I, I brought this up, I believe on the. I had a burp. God damn it! I had a burp. I brought up, I think, on the replacements episode, episode twenty-seven, um, that the difference between nineteen eighty 1980 and nineteen eighty-one in the punk scene was profound. Mm-hmm. This is the perfect example. Yeah. Because nineteen eighty was fresh fruit. Nineteen eighty-one is the fastest shit ever. Mm-hmm. Like this, the the songs on here are a million times faster than the fastest song on the first album. And it's only been a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's the difference between 80 and 81. Uh, they're a hardcore band now. They are, they are 
as much as as much crazy shit as they did musically and as much as I love them as a weird, creepy, wacky band, they're through and through a hardcore band. Yeah. Yeah. Also, this is like, uh, I think DC punk was getting big. And so this mm. is kind of like a tip of the hat to like what they were doing in DC. With, like, I'm a big fan of DC, DC punk. Uh, yeah. That's, that's minor threat. That is, uh, well, technically bad brains were from DC, but they're, they're not really, as, they're not as associated as the rest, but you know, minor threats, the big one to come out of DC and you know, other ones that I can name like faith and void. And, uh, I don't know, fucking it the untouchables and the other bands that nobody listens to, but they're all, it's a good scene. It's a good scene. This is also one of the uh, first punk albums or EPs to reference Reagan, which every punk band did, but they, this uh, is one they of the first, this is one of the first, this is one of the first. Yeah. They, I think we've talked about fucking other, uh, I can't think of which bands we did, but we've covered bands who were like, fuck, fuck Reagan. They're all, they're mostly fuck Reagan. Like, yeah. I mean, uh, Miniman did if Reagan played disco, which is a, oh, yeah, a nice yeah, fun yeah, take yeah. on it. Uh, also, we did that Slayer album where it was a bunch of punk covers, and there was plenty on there that, like, TSOL is a known fuck Reagan band. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, Goody P, Alex is worse, but that's just sort of by default because it's it's short and it has, you know, the, that's the game we play, the, the, the generally weaker California Uber Alice version. Um, but we are moving on to the second actual album. 1982, Plastic Surgery Disasters. I, I can't hold it. I'm excited. I'm so excited. I love this song. I love this song. Oh god, that vocal line is so good. Yeah. This is this is more of a proper follow-up to yeah. fresh fruit. I want to hear the whole thing. I, I will put on the whole thing. It's it's so damn good. I think I'm going to give this uh personal personal favorite. Yeah. You know what? I can't blame you at all. It's fucking like that song. Like there's, and then Terminal Preppy, which comes right after. Dude, two of the best hardcore songs ever dude, by, ter- by far. Again, Terminal Preppy pisses me off how like true it is mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and like fucking fucking hate college. And trust me, I, I, I went to college as an older gent. I graduated last year. Uh, don't go to college. If you're an older gent, it's going to piss you off, dude. Yeah. Fuck, fuck these people who this, uh, get drunk and get by on their family's name and fucking join. That was a lot of people. So many people, so many people, this get in cause their money and they're not there for their education. And, uh, that's terminal preppy. It's, infuriating but a great song great song fucking great song fucking halloween is so good halloween! yeah 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 uh, so good. uh when he says uh dress up like a clown putting on your act it's only time of year all year you'll ever admit that like mm. just talking about how like creatively and emotionally 
dead people are. And sure are. like Halloween's one of the few times people are like allowed to embrace their creativity and it's super sad too. and be weird. Yeah. It is super yeah. sad. And that's, that's the point of the song. I'm like, what a very dead Kennedy's outlook on Halloween. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, I will, you know, like keep going, keep going. I don't want to cut you off yet. Um, buzz bomb. Fuck yeah. Dude. Fuck yeah, dude. God damn the solo. That solo. Fuck. Dude. God damn it. So, and then, yeah, sorry, I'm getting again. Getting uh, dude, every, every type of person I hate in life is covered on this fucking album. Mm-hmm. Cause yeah. Buzz bomb is just someone who like loves their car way too much, <laughs> way too much. And yeah, fuck those people. Uh, Man, Winnebago Warrior, yep. the way they maybe not like Eno Morcone specifically. Yeah, dude, I wrote that. Like it sounds like a hooker punk Morcone. <laughs> it's musically so good. It's uh I get at the time why they were trashing people like that, but uh the Wait, lyric, what's it about? Uh, it's this about fucking people traveling and they're Winnebago. Bago oh, okay and taking pictures and picking up souvenirs and, uh, okay like retirees yeah but like it's uh it's over the top but it's in the dead kennedys you know that's yeah. in their mo what else dude fucking right you, you do you you're you're naming them in the order that i wrote them down this is more or less the order on the, i didn't realize that but okay uh, that takes uh, away the fun of it uh, yeah <laughs> dude right it's like jazz and black sabbath and punk had like a baby it's funny you say black sabbath because it is one of the well it's not their most but it's one of their more paranoid songs yeah they, they, they dabble with these paranoid sounding these it's like a it's in the same vein of, as holiday in cambodia longer drawn out creepy uh put on a little yeah bit. i'm gonna play a little bit real hardcore right there <laughs> yeah it's kind of like uh like war pigs a little bit it's way more twisted than fucking war pigs yeah but fucking i love this I like War Pigs, but I like this a lot more. So good. So, yeah. I, I'm looking over my shoulder as I hear this, because that's how paranoid this sounds. Also, like, what an interesting riff yeah. to play. That's one thing about Ray that he does that, that is unmatched completely unmatched is that he writes these things that are just a handful of incorrect notes Mm -hmm. by normal standards, but they feel melodic. It's, it's bizarre and it, I don't know how his mind works and it's uh, admirable because it's, it's so hard to do and so few bands and musicians have done it. Uh, cause all those are just incorrect notes, but they feel you feel something from it. It doesn't just feel like, like a abrasive extreme metal type stuff or uh, complete nonsense like Greg Ginn kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. It, you feel something from it. It feels paranoid. It feels like uncomfortable. It's great. Yeah, and uh, again, that's a very like jazz thing to like play the wrong notes, but they fit. Yeah, yeah. It, it fits so wonderfully. God damn. Uh, I yeah. go on. Oh, bleed for me is pretty fucking brutal. Oh, uh, man, I know it, but I, I, I'm blanking on 
what it sounds like. I'll just play a quick snippet of that. Oh, right. Yeah, no, I remember it now. God damn, that intro is fucking... It's a great intro. And then, yeah, lyrically, it's just fucking brutal. Sounds like we're just, like, playing, like, free jet. (laughs) It's, It's more constructed than that. Oh, it's a great riff. Yeah, yeah, okay. That's so good. It's so good. And then I think like musically, one of their most like ambitious songs, say it, say it, say it. Moon Over. Hell Run. yeah. Hell yeah. Fuck, dude. That song is so good it hurts. Yeah. Oh. And uh Ray steals the fucking show. That steals it. Yeah, that song is fucking um also like the fir- maybe not the first time, but um it it's like a theme through the dead Kennedys music where they write like post-apocalyptic storylines. And these could be like the visuals and the music are so good. I can like imagine someone turning them into like a short film or something. Mm-hmm. Does it does have a lot of that, especially the, the longer stuff like that, The mm-hmm. man, no one, I, I wrote down, wrote down in my notes that no, other hardcore band can pull off long songs like them, but no other band has done stuff like this where it's these creepy paranoid sounding, uh, but they're still high speed and they're still uh, really aggressive and in high energy. Mm-hmm. It's just such a rare sound. Uh, and I, it makes them legendary. Yeah. I think that goes back to um, telling a story on the Husker do episode i was talking about how punk bands kind of have this battle of uh in introspective versus outward storytelling Mm -hmm. yeah and it's very clear that dead kennedys are way more about like outward for sure um yeah almost to the point where it's it's kind of surprising they've never done like a concept album yeah that is it actually is pretty interesting uh but yeah i don't think they need to because they're um talking about the lengths of the songs they go, even though like five six minutes is not bad but it also goes by real quick yeah you never notice how the long song you never notice the long song. yeah especially if you're like looking at the lyrics it's there's such like interesting stories and uh that's one thing about about dk is that um when i was younger <clears throat> i'd always like well, even now, like I'm not a fan of hearing people's politics, even if I agree with them. Like the simple fact that you're telling me your beliefs, like I don't care about you and your beliefs. But the thing is, and D- DK is one of the most political punk bands out there. But the way it's presented is I, fun. I think because that's where the satire comes in, and the fact that they're like cautionary tales. Like um, people knew, like the ozone layer was like blowing or burning away in the Mm. 80s but uh like climate change global warming those weren't like terms and then so yeah dead kennedy's way way ahead of the ball on this one because this uh you know that's that's what moon over marin's about Mm. is this the bay area a rich neighborhood turning into a toxic shithole so it's like um i think the reason why i hate 
uh, political lyrics and political rants in general is because it's it's more it's usually like a presented in a way as though like listen to my beliefs I want you to change your mind based on what I'm telling you whereas a satirical approach like specifically Dead Kennedys is more of like we know these things obviously mm-hmm. and I much appreciate being spoken to as though yeah I do know this stuff already I know this stuff already you don't have to tell me as though I'm an idiot and you're teaching me I know this and yeah. Dead Kennedys always approach the songs like Listen, these are all stupid. We all know this is stupid. This is how stupid they are. This is how stupid this particular topic is. Yeah, and I think putting that effort behind it to maybe approach it more in like a, a sci-fi, not sci, not always, but like a sci-fi author Philip K. Dick, like mm-hmm. like all his work is real political. But if if you're stupid, you can this kind of like enjoy minority report or scanner darkly mm-hmm. but if you if you're like hip to it and you know what he's saying it's it's there too and i think that's why like the dead kennedys mm-hmm. uh, uh work in terms of the actual production it's it's a lot better than the first album uh generally it's just it's a lot fuller and bigger sounding but <clears throat> it's really like piercing kind of like it's really treble heavy mm-hmm. that guitar as much as i love it Man, it is that treble is cranked, uh, really, really distorted. Like the whole thing sounds distorted. Like the drums too also yeah. sound distorted. Very, very piercing. Uh, I don't know if that's like a a meta thing <laughs> that they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Maybe I don't know, but uh, it still sounds really good. Um, goddamn. Also, I like no disrespect to Ted, but I think DH is such a way more tight. Uh, versatile drummer. I love I love the drumming on the first album, but DH is a uh, he's a real good. He's real yeah. fast, uh, and there are still moments where they lose each other and it's sloppy. And th- this goes to the very end, mm-hmm. but generally he's uh yeah he's he's a lot better. <clears throat> uh, Alex's personal favorite. This one could be a contender for best for sure, but the only thing that that kept me from giving it anything like that was. It's just, it's simply because the first album is so perfect. It, it is. And like, um, yeah, it's not to like take away, but anything from this album, but like, uh, yeah, the, the first one is just like so instantly classic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the first album kind of translates to anybody who's into re- rock music remotely. Mm-hmm. This one is like, if you're into punk, this is the one. It it is kind of upsetting that uh, these albums are kind of like overlooked a little bit. Obviously, if you're, like in the sense that like if you're a fan of punk or the Dead Kennedys, obviously you know these. But like, um, I don't know. I wish I kind of wish they had some like more like everyone can name police truck or yeah, California. Yeah. I kind of wish songs not so much. Yeah, I kind of wish these songs and uh some of the songs on the next album they des- they deserve it so much to be in the the lexicon of music lovers, not just punk lovers. They're mm-hmm. they're they're that good. They're that spectacular. So, let's move on to the next one where are we at. This is 1985's Frankenchrist. Yes, yes. Love how different this song is. So weird. It's so weird. It's very much like in their repertoire. Yeah. But also, yeah, fuck, man. That guitar. 
Oh god, it's so good. What a fucking wacky riff. Oh, that's a that's a funny riff. We're sorry, but you no longer need or want or even care about. You can, you can like hear why someone like Mike Patton loves the Dead Kennedys in this song for sure. Oh hell yeah! Also, this automation talk, whoo, that's predicting the future, man. Oh, a lot. Let you go. I think a lot of their songs predict the yeah. future, but. God damn. So good. I almost gave this person. It was so real hard. It so was real I. hard to pick between this and plastic surgery, but this was so close to being my favorite. This is the first uh, Dick Candy's album I actually ever heard, like in full, mm-hmm. not just in passing. Uh, this is the first one I bought, and boy, this is their only non-hardcore album. This is. Yeah. It has a couple hardcore songs or one I, hardcore song. I rather. think this is um, the one. F- uh, what's it? Klaus, Klaus did the solo album and they were like, you're on to something. And I think his solo album really uh, influences it influenced the sound in this one. And I think also before we talk about like our feelings on the album, this album oh, caused yeah. a lot of shit, a, a ruckus, oh, uh, yeah. a storm on. Um, Back in the day, we've kind of talked about the PMRC. Uh, they were just out to censor mostly music. It was weird. Yeah. They didn't really go after movies Fucking and TV. Idiots. Yeah. And it was a whole thing like they would go after uh fucking Metallica, Judas Priest, Merciful Fate, Merciful Fate. Episode all. two, we cover Merciful Fate, believe it yeah. or not. <laughs> I think even Body Count with the really? cop killer. Oh, that's right. Yep. Yeah. Episode so, nine, we cover Body Count. <laughs> all of the PMRC's favorite bands we love. Yeah. Um, so on the inside, uh, we we talked about Artist HR Giger. Giger. Giger on uh, Celtic, Frost? Celtic Frost. Episode 28. Yeah. Yeah. I keep, he, man, we're just throwing out all these episodes. He does, he does a lot of uh, artwork for bands and yeah. he designed the, the aliens in the movie Alien with Sigourney Weaver. And so on the inside of this album, it's, I believe it's called uh, Land of Penises. I thought it was called Landscape XX. Our, Let's see. Oh, this is, it was called Penis Landscape. Penis Landscape? And it's just dicks going into vaginas because it's gear. I thought, I thought it was buttholes. It's vaginas? Yeah. Well, Jello said the orifice is up to in interpretation. <laughs> it's it's rows and columns of dicks going in, in holes. Yeah. Like, a, a su- I mean, it's a Giger detailed. Yes. So the orifice, pick your orifice, whatever. Yeah. Anyways, so we won't get kicked off YouTube if we put the image up. Do we? <laughs> um, I don't. I don't no, no, even, it's not. I almost thought about doing it. You can it, Google it. You can Google it. Yeah. Um, so anyways, a 15 year old girl bought it. Her parents got fucking pissed. Yeah. Uh, members of the band and the label ended up getting getting sued. Uh, some people luckily got out of it. Uh, the the trial ended in like a hung jury. Uh, is that a, a joke because of the penises? No, no, no. Okay. No. Like, Sorry. Yeah. You ironically ended in a hung jury. So um, the 
Dead Kennedys tried to do a retrial, but the judge said, no, you don't have enough new evidence. So they kind of got away with it. They uh-huh. kind of didn't get away with it. But yeah, it's real stupid. Didn't that basically spawn the parental advisory sticker? I feel like it was probably this and a few other things because mm-hmm. uh, it was purchased at a warehouse music. If oh, you remember I remember warehouse music. <laughs> that place sucked, but I remember it. Uh, we probably went to the same one because uh, I used to live in real close proximity to Mike when we didn't know each other. Mm-hmm. And then so there's uh, this thing, Atlantic Square. Yeah. On the corner part of it, right? They used to have a warehouse music and then more on the north end and then like towards the south end, there was a uh, Tower Records. Tower Records. I spent a lot of days there instead of school. It's real possible before me and Mike even knew we existed that we were in that Tower Record at the same time. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Because, yeah, yeah, these places were within walking distance. But uh, I guess Tower Records doesn't have to worry or Warehouse doesn't have to worry about getting sued. But yeah, yeah, they were all stressed out about it. And if this caused like a ruckus, which is real stupid because the fucking like David is naked. There's plenty of nudity in traditional art. Also, the the thing is, it was it's full penetration for the sake of full penetration. It is literally rows of asses and penises. That's all it is. It's hilarious. But yeah, it's just vulgar for the sake of vulgar. That's what it's about. But yeah, about it's it. not like, it's not real. It's not. No, no, it's porno. not. It's, and even if it was, it's still ridiculous. But yeah, anyways, that was a whole, whole mess. Yeah. Also, it was even more disappointing because uh, if you noticed, uh, usually when we cover older bands, we'll put out album like the next year. Yeah, three Three years since the previous album. What what happened? Uh, so there wasn't any drama or anything. They were just trying to get alternative tentacles off the ground. So oh, that's, that's, right. that's the, the, the label. Well, it's their label. I think label. East Bay Ray and Jello were the owners, but now it's this Jello. Okay. Um, so yeah, that's what the delay was. They were just trying to, there wasn't like issues or anything. That's at the time. rare. Yeah, yeah, so no th- drama. Just uh, just for the purpose of getting their own label off the ground, hence the delay. And so, yeah, that's just a big like story in the the Dead Kennedys. Yeah, it's real so, important, real important story. They, they influenced a lot of shit with their shit. Yeah. Oh man, not even musically. So I mean, yeah, musically as well. But now we can get to the actual the, album. Uh, yes, it's good. Uh, real good. Probably most songs are like four to five minutes. They're all long. Yeah. yeah. It, this is the. The, all the things that I loved about the early stuff where like they throw in this creepy long song, it's a whole album of that. However, I don't feel like it all works for me. I, it does work for me. And this is like as close as they get to like a concept album. Uh, this gushing over moon of Marin, this album feels like an extinction of that. A lot of the songs have a, a post-apocalyptic uh, setting mm-hmm. and uh also like when i was listening to this i was like man like system of a down really is the metal version of dead kennedy's <laughs> because again they're yeah they're not afraid they're not afraid to be silly and thematically they're almost identical to dead kennedy's obviously they sound very different yeah but like yeah there's like no way 
uh, System of a Down sounds the same in a world without mm-hmm. this album or the Dead Kennedys. Uh, like you have like a growing boy needs his lunch. Yeah. Watch this. Pro- yeah. Like peak jello vocals. That's like the funniest. He, he's- <laughs> That's like the funniest he sounds to me. Yeah. Like it's fucking great. Uh, but yeah, like hellation chicken farm. Yeah, Hell, Hell nation is the, the one hardcore track on here. And, I hate the way it's produced. It's a great song, but it's so uh, Ray's guitar is like the best on here. It's mm-hmm. it's that spaciness from from the earlier stuff, uh, but the whole like every song is as spacey as that. The delay and reverb is cranked to high hell, and that they usually toned it down on the more hardcore songs on previous albums. Here, even on Hell Nation. That delay is cranked way the fuck up. There's a bunch of reverb on the drums and it's so fast that it all just gets, it turns into a giant jumble. Mm-hmm. And Biafra's vocals are definitely some of his weakest on that, on that song. But, uh, so it, it doesn't really work for me, but I do like the song still. Uh, this could be anywhere is one of the best. Real good. And in terms of like their, 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 their paranoid stuff, one of the best. And then it's so fucking good. Yeah. This is probably like their most, paranoid album too oh yeah without uh that. i guess the the big songs off here are like jocko rama oh man i could do without that one i man sometimes it's hard because you're talking about like how or how ahead of the like narrative they are and then obviously like uh like now like CTE and football oh, yeah, yeah. is a big thing. And then here are the dead Kennedys in 1985 talking about like how atrocious the sport is. That's yeah. still not a popular opinion to take. But it, it is also it, it, probably. And so, yeah, even less than 30, yeah. 30 years Back ago. Back then it, it was probably fucking wild to say, hey, baby, football is fucking dangerous as shit. And people are like, like there's a whole little social suicide yeah. taking that stance back then. They but here, were not afraid of that. Yeah. Here it is. And then the other um the other big one is the MTV get off the air. Musically, I it's so stupid. I think it's okay, but for whatever Probably this because at the time, like it was like, ooh, you're not you're not supposed to say that. Yeah, it's very edgy to, to to diss MTV back then. But hey, they ended up being right. <laughs> MTV isn't MTV anymore, obviously. Uh, another like ahead of the curve thing. Goons a hazard. Mm-hmm. Holy shit! Like I'm listening to it and I'm like, dude, I like I bet Jello if he hasn't already has gone on rants about superhero movies. Oh, he has to have. He Dude, has to he have. He has to fucking... It's everything he hates. It's so commercial. It's these... Especially a superhero like Tony Stark. Uh, basically, like, uh, that's another theme. They, like, like, they'll be like, fuck vigilantes. It's stupid. I mean... And they- that's kind of what Kunsa Hazard is. Only they, uh... They uh, tie it into like the Dukes of Hazard thing, and like the an, another thing that wasn't he, they're like the Confederate flag is obviously racist, and Dukes of Hazards is a bunch of racist bullies. Oh man, that that flag like 
the people that there's a lot of people who aren't racist that that support and that support it, but but use the flag. But it's out of I do believe it's out of like ignorance to how the rest of the world sees it. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I know you don't feel that way, but everyone else does. Therefore, can I take that into account? Maybe, maybe. Yeah. But yeah, when he says uh, no deer to blow away in the woods today, so we'll go to Orville and shoot a black kid down today. Like, God again, damn. again, this was like when white people were in denial about yeah. that shit. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, I think it was like Dave Chappelle after Rodney King. They were like, oh, OK, maybe they got a point. Hold on. All right. All right. You yeah. can talk. All right. But, yeah. We saw the video. Uh, so. The sec the first half is this is so dark, it's creepy and scary. Wonderful. Love it. Second half, jokey as fuck. Yep. Super jokey. I can do without the jokiness. Uh MTV get off the air. Musically has a ri- ridiculous intro. Ridic put on the intro. Like All right. yeah. It's <laughs> it's charming in a way. It's kind of industrial feeling. The yeah. drums. I don't hate it, but it's still stupid. As you can hear. I think that comes with with parodying things. Yeah. And... Hi, I'm the video DJ. Yeah, this. I always talk like I'm way down on quitters. I wear a sack baseball jacket everywhere I go. Like I, I, I get it. I get it. It's fine. It's stupid though, and I, I can do without the jokiness. Uh, and but thing is, that song does go a bunch of places. It turns it turns mm-hmm. into hardcore. Uh, it turns into other stuff. Uh, I, I do appreciate how fucking diverse it is, even if I don't actually like most of it. Uh, Jagarama is a fine song, but it's like the middle section where he goes in like the 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 dialogue about the about the the football player getting paralyzed, mm-hmm. which is, it's meant to be like a storybook kind of the way he's narrating. It. It's kind of like a, he's doing the character's voices and stuff. Mm-hmm. Again, after the first listen, it stops being interesting. It just becomes this jokey thing. I'm kind of surprised Jello doesn't like, uh, talked about notorious BIG. We talked about like King diamond, how they'll play like different, different characters, characters yeah. and they'll kind of, even if it's not like a big thing, they'll do something to kind of imply that they're different characters. Yeah. Like Jello doesn't. Jello. Jello is Jello is Jello the whole time. Yeah, he's. I love his voice. I love his voice. But goddamn, he's got no range. <laughs> the man. And it's, he's at eleven all the time. It's funny too because uh, it may, especially to casual listeners, you would never guess that this motherfucker actually can sing and i don't mean like i've heard him sing well doing that is not easy his mm-hmm. like his actual how high he can go and how clear he is and how his his wiggly weird vibrato um As, that's not easy to do that's actually really hard to do As, i guess on the opposite end of the spectrum would be like for how fast he sings and like the words are very clear he's clear he's fast and then still doing the wiggly vibrato mm-hmm. that is I dare you to try it. I dare you to try it and pull it off like that. It's not easy. He's a good singer. Uh, it's just weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, at my job is fucking great. It's oh, almost it's, like a Devo song. It's yeah, it's, it's, uh, I guess you can say electronic, but, mm-hmm. uh, it's the only song of theirs that sounds like that. Put on a little bit of that because it is the only one that sounds like that. It's Their also, entire discography. It's also not that like sonically they get boring, but it's also like a real, uh, nice change of pace. Hell yeah. 
What the fuck? What the fuck? Talk about paranoid, dude. So good. So good, man. Uh, I don't. We're gonna waste too much time by putting on the whole thing, but the the chorus, that chorus is so fucking great. Uh, but it's funny that like, that song. Uh, it's about you know being at your job and it being monotonous and fucking you're a robot essentially. It sounds. I don't know if it's because of the song, but is that like a a, a trope now to to when. You picture like a, like a like a satire, a satirical take on uh, working in a cubicle. You hear electronic robotic music like that. Did they start that? Because that seems like a thing I've seen a lot since then. Not to like take anything away from uh, the dead Kennedys. I just think it's more of like a Devo thing because Devo was more like uh, had more of the iconography. They uh, more of a private. Uh, presence on MTV, obviously. Oh yeah, of course. Um, yeah, that's that's real interesting. I never thought about like the origins of why people associate those those specific noises. Yeah, with. and it's specifically the really dark, low uh, synthy. You know mm-hmm. where the boom, boom, boom. It's this, it's this weird uh, where they use tritones. Da, 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 da. There's a lot of that when in reference to office buildings. It's it's weird. Uh, yeah, it's like it a the lot. de facto corp- yeah. corporate theme. Yeah, uh, you even uh, hear it in a lot of um. I don't know if it's if it. I'm sure it was real at some point, but now it's at the point of parody where uh, those old uh, like. Uh, when you get a new job, they show you the videos of, and it has that music, that kind of music in the yeah, background. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I'm just, I'm not making that up. I swear to God, it's real. But if you know what I'm talking about, someone else knows what I'm talking about. Uh, yeah, like how to videos, you hear that kind of music in the background. It's very bizarre, but it, good. And uh, I mean, this whole album is real good. But once again, I got more complaints. Stars and Stripes of Corruption, it's six minutes and it's it does not do it. Uh, like I feel the six minutes on this mm-hmm. one. Uh, it's like a, just a regular punk song for the most part that just happens to go on for a long fucking time. Yeah. Um, but I also did not feel too strongly about it. Okay. So I'm not crazy. I, Cause I don't feel like it's a bad song. It is, no, I just never this, liked yeah. it. Never liked it. But I don't know. It's, it's, this is the, this is the, the, the fucking sore thumb of the, of the, I was going to say black flag, the dead Kennedy's albums. Uh, it's the only non-hardcore one. It's all weird. It's so weird, but it's it's real good. This is almost my favorite. Um, you know, listen to it, I guess. Okay, all so we're right. on to the uh, the the last actual album studio yes. release. This is uh, nineteen eighty six. Bit time for democracy. Take this job and shove it. I ain't waiting no Once again, another fantastic cover. Yes. Take this job and shove it. I ain't worth it no more. I won't make it home. I'm looking for it. Maybe I got to stay away from home. I'm the Lord. Take this job and shove it. I won't get no more. Okay, so it does a, it does a lot of that. Uh, so this is when I gave worst. Yeah, I I understand why you did it because uh, I think it's their longest album, and you really yeah, you f- you feel it. Oh, you feel it, dude. So they're back to hardcore, as you can hear. Mm-hmm. They're faster than they've ever been by by a long shot, 
but the whole album is that. It's I, 50 I, minutes of I, lightning fast hardcore. I disagree. I think the first half is lightning fast. And then I think the second half is a little more experimental. It's still hardcore, though. Like the, the only there's only two non hardcore tracks and they're my favorite. Specifically, we all know it. Oh, I don't know if we all know it, but uh, you know what I'm talking about. Cesspool's in Eden. Oh, Cesspool is is incredible. It uh, is one of their best by far. On a side note, I like the way I spy kind of I feel like I spy kind of plays into Cesspools in Eden. So um yeah, Cesspools and Chicken Shit conformists yeah. are Two of the longest, two of the most like diverse, but still real fucking solid. Chicken uh, Chick Conformist, it, it reminds me more of Stars and Stripes, a corruption, but I better. think it's, be- it's yeah. better. It's better. Uh, but Cesspools and Eden is up there with, you know, this could be anywhere as, as far as like it's, the greatest weird spacey paranoid songs that they've, that they've done. Also, uh, conceptually, Cesspools has some like similar uh, things from Moon Over Marin. Mm-hmm. So. Um, yeah, I really like that. And then again, there's, there's, uh, more, more like post-apocalyptic stuff. Like it's kind of funny. They have that song shrink, which is like a sci-fi story. And then there's a twist at the end. And I don't know if there's a Matt Damon movie called downsizing where people, (laughs) it's, I that movie movie existed. If that movie, (laughs) I'm well, I guess because Jello's not about that life, but like if that movie is not inspired by this song, I would question like no way. It's that specific because, yeah, it's about people using a shrink ray because the world's resources are being used up and then so we'll shrink down. There'll be more room. We can grow things normal size. Yeah. yeah. And it's so crazy. Again, this being how far ahead of the curve the <laughs> yeah, they, they predicted kinda... the smash hit downsize with Matt Damon. <laughs> yeah. But uh yeah, so there were there were issues. They had played their last show uh before recording this, and then they broke up soon like days after it was released. Really, really? I didn't know that. So, so I think that's part of why there's a lot of uh why the album's so long, why mm they may have like defaulted to some of that hardcore thing. Cause yeah. it's just like, we just hate each other. Let's record these songs yeah. real fast. Yeah. I think you can, you can feel that in the album, but oh, yeah, yeah, I still think, yeah, the, the good songs we talked about like are- this, I think, I don't, I have to really think about all the, the episodes that we've done, but this feels probably like the best worst album that we've covered. Mm-hmm. For for my for my picks because I really I still like the album a lot. No, I it's feel still, like you're like me. This have to, you have to yeah. give one worse. Uh, I still enjoy this album. I still put it on every now and then. But is in terms of comparing it to the rest, like because the, the obvious comparison is plastic surgery disasters because it's the only other full hardcore one from beginning to end. But uh, in terms of highs, no hardcore song on this album even comes near near near. Uh, most of the hardcore songs on that album. Yeah, um, I I think that's fair. Although, yeah, I think it actually has more in common with Frank and Christ. How so? This thematically and what they're talking about. Well, it. musically, not even close though. It, no, musically, it's, no, it's, it's, no, it's it's yeah. it's uh, far less uh, daring and 
but yeah, it does. It does definitely feels like regression, and it's a real bummer because, like, you hear what Seth Poulsen Eden that they they're still really good at making these long, slow songs, and all I want is just a full album of songs like that, mm-hmm. and that instead we get. 50 minutes of, of hardcore. Yeah, I think that that may have happened if there wasn't the the riff in the band. Yeah. Because, yeah. yeah, they basically, you know, they played their last live show. So it was like, they're, they're done. Yeah. They should have just kept. I mean, like, re- I'm so glad this is out there because it's mm-hmm. a good album. But uh, another uh, standout track to me is uh, Triumph of Swell. Uh, we I know I know the name of it, but you have to put it on. Yeah, so I like this song because it's obviously a jab at the PMRC, and also they talk shit about Sammy Hagar. Who? <laughs> Je- <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yeah, Jello fucking hates Sammy Hagar. So, sorry. We came home and found our son lying dead on his bed of a gunshot wound. He had his headphones on, and there was an Aussie record on the turntable. So we called our lawyer. Yeah, this is only like two minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's a, yeah, it's hardcore. It's, there's a lot of stuff like that in the album. It's still real good. I actually do wish that Hell Nation from Freaking Christ was produced like these songs. Mm-hmm. I think it would be, a, I would love the song if that were the case. But yeah, it's produced really well. Um, there's no more, um, they're not overdoing the, the delay, uh, which is good for hardcore. I mean, it's good not to get muddied and, and jumbled up and everything. Mm-hmm. They c- you do kind of lose some of the uh, the surf rock. You do, yeah, there's a lot less of it in here. Yeah. Um, which is a, I mean, I still, it's okay because it's so, the album is so fast, but that's what I love about about DK's guitars. Is that tone is just so fucking mm. wonderful. Uh, Pot shot heard around the world or heard round the world. Put on because the intro is so good. Uh, it recurs throughout the song, but this is a a wonderful little little a little thing. I don't even know what the hell I like to call it. This the guitar line is fascinating. The opening, you kind of got that corporate. Yeah. Yeah, this is real good. Yeah. This is what I mean by the second half is a little more experimental. It's even though it's going to turn into a hardcore song. It turns into a hardcore song, but then it 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 comes back to that though, which I'm Mm. glad because that's such a, a wonderful, weird little thing. It's almost got like a like a. Oh, we, we, like a Spanish vibe to it. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, the second half is definitely more experimental than the first, but it still leaves me craving a lot more than it delivers a lot more. Uh, yeah, I just want, uh, I want more weirdness. I want more weirdness. A bitter sweet end to the, to like their Existence, career yeah. with, with that album. Yeah. Like it's still good, but I mean, Really, like, when you think about it, man. This, ba- bands have gone out, out on far, far worse, worse, far worse, way worse. But it was but Mardi Gras. Oh, God. <laughs> Mardi Gras gets credence, people. Episode four. <laughs> um, every album they've done is is really, really fucking good. And that's it's so delightful. 
Mm-hmm. When we get to talk about it because we listen to a lot of bands where then they're not, not the case. Also, oh like outside of like the misfits, I can't really think of like too many other punk bands that this like really embrace like uh like sci-fi. Yeah. Even well, there's though, definitely some, but I'm having trouble. It, yeah, well. but definitely like Dead Kennedys, and even though it's more of like a, a Soylent Greens or a, a yeah. Boy and His Dog sci-fi. They, it is. And it, it's funny because the riffs echo that. The yeah. riffs, you feel sci-fi and UFO and conspiracy theory when you hear the riffs. Yeah. They're that weird. <laughs> it's, what, it's so fucking good. Uh, unique. Unique as fuck. No one, I've heard... V- Damn near no one come close to even replicating that kind of feeling in the in riffage ever since. And that's not just punk. That's all walks of music in life. Uh, wonderful. Although I do still think this is the worst album. If I had to choose one, which I do because I decided that was the rules <laughs> for this podcast. But we still have one more to cover. Last last it's a compilation. It's not their last album, but last one we will be talking about. What is it? This is, was released in 1987. This is Give Me Convenience or Give Me Death. Y'all about to have some flashbacks. Hell yeah. There we go. This is a classic. Anybody who's heard DK has heard this song. Dude, these lyrics are brutal. I don't know how, like, why they were like, this is going to be in a video game. Good ass taste, that's what. You think they just heard that ride part and yeah. they're like, that's. It's for also, sure, for sure. It's also one of the uh, few times uh, the Dead Kennedys music has been uh, licensed out and uh, Jello approved. Yeah, yeah. What's the deal with that? I thought he was Mister Fucking Anti Everything. I, I think because video games weren't, they were a big business, but not not nearly what they were today. Yeah, and they're just like movies now. It, yeah. Also, skateboarding wasn't as big, and skateboard was more punk rock. So I think that's yeah, that's right. I think that's why he was on board with it. What was the other instance? Uh, they're in the video games Watch Dogs too. Watchdogs 2? Yeah. Wait, why? That's a real random pull. Uh, maybe because it's about like ha- hackers being like anarchists and bringing down the government. That's, yeah, but it's also made by Ubisoft, who is notoriously Mr. Mr. Corporate. <laughs> also, Jello doesn't really, uh, he doesn't own the rights to the music. So, and, But isn't it Alternative Tentacles, which he does own? Okay, so we'll... You want to talk about it now or after the album? I might as well talk about it now. Okay, so um, there was messy, messy legal lawsuits mm. where uh, the rest of the bands noticed they weren't getting proper royalties from Alternative Tentacles and mm. Jello, and they all agreed it was an accounting error, but they felt like there was malice on Jello's part. He 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 was really in favor of that accounting error, or like he kept it a secret. Uh-huh. And where uh, they were like, uh-huh. if you had just told us, we yeah. would have been understanding. So as a result of that lawsuit, alternative tentacles and Jello, by extension, they were found guilty of malice and fraud. Oh shit! 
So Biafra had to pay royalties, you know, for what the band members were owed, uh, damage is from the case as well as giving up the catalog of music. So now oh, really, that's a, that's a big loss to give it, up your, Oh my God. Well, I mean, people can debate about, about it, but so now like dead Kennedy's music is controlled by East Bay Ray, uh, DH and, uh, Klaus. I agree wholeheartedly with that <laughs> because they're the majority. Also, I mean, oh, I'll just get a phone call. Oh. I'll just get a phone call. So much for my do not disturb. Hey, it's, it's Dylan. It is Dylan. We talked about Dylan get big on, on the podcast today. Well, this episode. Uh, now he's calling. Look at that. That's, that's cute. So much for my uh, do not disturb feature working. Uh, did it not work? I guess not. It's fucking on. And uh, I was disturbed. You know, maybe. You know, there's a, a little thing with that. If they call within three minutes a second time, you get the call. Because it could oh, be an emergency. Oh, okay. So maybe it's an emergency. I and, doubt it. And you know, fuck them. So, Anyways, <laughs> so because of uh, Jello and alternative tentacles being found of fraud and malice, now the other three members control uh, all dead candies. Yes. And you know what? Fuck it, man. That's as much. Look, we love we love Jello, okay? We love his lyrics, we love his singing, but goddamn, do I love music more. Mm-hmm. I love music more, and I love East Bay Ray a lot. I love that guy. Yeah. Oh, God, man. He's a huge inspiration. So, fuck it. <laughs> That's my bias. Yeah, we'll come back. We'll come back to the Oh, yeah, we, the said, we have an album to talk yes, about. Yes, yeah. we still have an album uh, to talk about. I really like this comp. This is a great compilation. It's, it is a great compilation. And we and don't, don't do compilations, but this one, it has classics. This is the easiest way to consume stuff that was on singles or B-sides. Yeah. Uh, we got some repeats like California Uber Alice. I'm so fucking tired of that song. <laughs> it's a weaker version. I, I just skipped it because yeah. I'm like, oh, we know we, it. uh, it's not even any different. It's just a, like slightly slower. But obviously police truck. Yeah. Uh, too drunk to fuck. Mm-hmm. Um, Saturday Night Holocaust, which is a fucking crazy you want to talk about like hyperbole comparing like the disco scene with the holocaust it's gnarly man there's some hyperbolic shit on there also random side note uh neurosis has a cover version of this which is real good if you're a fan of neurosis i highly recommend it and they did it in and like 92 so oh wow whoever whoever was like this probably because they're in the Bay Area. That's probably why they were picked. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this uh, you got a cover, what? another cover, not cover. You get another version of Holiday in Cambodia, which is w- so much worse. Uh, it's like Biafra is flat the entire song. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know why it's on here. I don't know why it's on here. It just kind of hurts the comp. Hurts. This I feel like to give it more more hits. Yeah, probably. Uh, and then uh, pull my strings. Oh, you took the words out of my mouth. It is. I I love it so much. Yeah. They, I love it so much. They were they were asked to play like a music festival and someone like called them New Wave or something. Uh-huh. Oh, dude. Okay. And they were, they were asked to pl- and you hear it on the recording. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad someone recorded this so, and they got the rights to it. For one, it's recorded well. It yes. sounds real good. One of the best live punk recordings. I would fucking say the, the best, best because 
we've talked about in the past if you have a live punk album uh fucking get out of here because it is it for sure sounds like ass and it was they're notoriously few mm-hmm. even listenable punk live albums uh this one it's so clear everything is sounds beautiful it might as well be a studio yeah re- uh, recording and it's a long song like a like a novelty uh parody song yes but it's first of all it's hilarious then it's legitimately catchy, mm-hmm. like legitimately good. And then it, and then well, it goes my back. Sharon is this catchy song. Well, they parody that. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Ray does a bona fide, real, real solo. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, it's like, holy shit, he can play too. Like he can, he can, he can play like this the whole time, but just chose not to. Yeah. I love it. I love that. But yeah, they were asked to play California Uber Alice, but they kept calling them a new wave band. And then so they came up with this song that was like a jab at that. And they uh, had S's on their shirts. And then after they acted, and you can hear this on the song, acted like they were going to play California yeah. Uber Alice. And, and then stop, they, stop, 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 stop. Yeah. And no, then, we're, we're a new wave band now. And then they bring the ties around. <laughs> so they have the dollar signs. It's very... For a band that hates overblown corporate rock, it's very thematic and clever. It's and- so fun. I, I, these guys must have been a fucking blast to see live. Oh, Back yeah. I, yeah. It, it sounds energy. so fun. Oh, man. And Biafra, like I said, he's just, he's so charismatic. He's really funny. He's great at talking to the crowd. Mm-hmm. There's a, what's the other one? Um, The other live track where he just tells a story. It's it's uh Ray probably like broke a string or something. So to kill time, uh, the rhythm section is playing this, this you know, nonsense, jazzy thing in the background. And Biafra is just telling a story about how he got uh, arrested for almost getting in a fight with these, these you know, preppy it, assholes. Is it uh, Night of the Living Rednecks? That's probably it. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, great storyteller. Real, he, there he's doing like voices of characters and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's really entertaining. Uh, this is such, this is worth it made me uh, listen to like give it a once over because like that stuff, the story stuff, I mean, it's not really, you're not going to listen to it a million times. It's worth a once over for sure. Short songs makes me laugh, uh, especially cause they go, this one's for you. Uh, Rick Wakeman, who is the keyboard player from yes. Yes. Is a prog rock band. Yes. Is the best band in the world. Best prog rock band, Fuck uh, yeah. but 11 minute prog rock songs as they yeah. should be but uh jello found that real offensive yeah i mean i get it from a, a quote-unquote political standpoint mm-hmm. i don't give a fuck man yes is the best dude fuck you biafra <laughs> the best but also i love you biafra because this is fucking awesome too yeah so yeah this is like the last uh like biafra approved things yeah they uh the three core guys tour with kind of like and who's 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 been singing for them? Uh, they've had different singers. No one really of note. Uh, obviously, Biafra is against it, and yeah, yeah, he he claims that it's not even the lawsuit, he, and he doesn't approve of any of the releases that aren't on Alternative Tentacles. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says it's because they wanted to put uh, Holiday in Cambodia in a Levi's commercial. Oh, the that's... rest of the band said it's not true. Wait, so they didn't want that song? Yeah. Okay, because that would be the worst. Yeah, so... I would be upset by that. So listeners can pick whose camp you want to believe. I think they were approached to do Riot Festival in 2017. Uh, The rest of the band obviously is 
down because they're touring yeah. as dead Kennedys. Uh, Biafra said no. Yeah, Fuck shocking. those guys. Shocking. Also, he hates reunion tours. And, oh, another thing he hates. Oh, uh, shocking. Uh, he hates a lot of things. The man is mad. Uh, that's a man. He's like one of the the most abrasive guys that I want to hate mm-hmm. based on his choices and the way he approaches things, but I can't because of how goddamn <laughs> fun he is and how much I love what he's done. Also, another thing where Dead Kennedy's music wasn't licensed directly, but like a lounge version of uh, Too Drunk to Fuck is in the Robert Rodriguez movie Planet Terror. Really? Yeah. I, I haven't seen that since it came out. So, But like, Biafra got super angry over that and it's just like because he felt he's like it's like uh quentin tarantino is like real rapey he doesn't <laughs> i mean he, he, as far as we know he hasn't raped but you gotta admit he seems real rapey anyways his character it's in the movie face. his character in the movie is real rapey and jello didn't like it it's just like really dude you're the king of satire and you don't realize like a satire grindhouse inspired movie yeah. like you're gonna get on your high horse about like censorship and all this and like someone is just making a satire movie and you don't like yeah yeah it's so hypocritical. It's, it's hypocritical for sure he's he's become an angry old man it sounds like i he looks real good for his age oh really he's like 60 plus yeah it looks great. That's awesome. Uh, Actually, I, I can't believe I didn't bring this up earlier. I meant to bring it up. Uh, do you know the whole fiasco with the band Feeders or the Feeders? No. Feeders with a Z. Man, this is fucked up. So uh, feeder, the Feeders were one of the craziest, uh, most disturbing punk bands. They're also from the Bay Area. Oh, no, they were from, uh, I believe, Arizona. But the the singer main guy, his name is Frank Discussion. This guy, fucking maniac. And I want to talk about him here because we're probably never going <laughs> to get a chance to talk about feeders. Um, he's a psycho psychopath. So he started feeders in Arizona, I believe, but had to flee the state because he did this thing where he he uh, forged a legal like a government document uh, and then sent it out to like a bunch of high schools. It was like for this contest to talk about what it means to be a great student. And it was like all this, you know, propaganda in there, like about how you're mindless and you're wasting your lives in the document that was, that looked like it was a, a federal document. And be, to avoid legal action, he fled to San Francisco <clears throat> where he met the Kennedys and more specifically, uh, Jelly Biafra's wife who he had an affair with. Whoa. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And, uh, on the feeders, uh, their first I think it's their first album. It's called Ever Feel Like Killing Your Boss. It's it's actually pretty good. Um, DH Playgirl plays drums on it. And uh, Biafra's wife does vocals for one song. And uh, yeah, it's real fucked up. Real fucked up. And this guy, he would do shit like, uh, there's one account of Frank in uh, Get in the Van from Henry Rollins', Henry Rollins book, where I think it was Get in the Van, where he was at this bar, this dive bar, and he pulled out I think it was a, I think it was a bird on stage and a hammer. And he said, all right, uh, does it, who, like, if you don't, don't want me to smash this bird, you better stop me. All right. No one. And then he smashed the bird. I, I think it was a bird. If it wasn't a bird, it was some kind of animal or like, or maybe like a, a gerbil or something. Some serial killer shit. Serial killer shit. 
serial killer shit. Uh, what else did he do? Uh, I used to have like a full list of all the shit that this guy did. Uh, last I heard, he was like uh, working for some resistance group in Mexico. Uh, he used to like hack computers. He was like a computer hacker too. This guy was a bona fide maniac. Mm-hmm. Uh, his name is Frank Discussion. Please Google him. <laughs> uh, and also the feeders were a pretty good band, but that was, uh, the, he was very associated with, with Dead Kennedys and what a weird scene, dude, to, to have crazy scene. create these fucking, it's, it sounds like a movie. It does. It's and wild. Yeah. I, and we somehow we've done a million punk rock episodes without talking about Gigi Allen, but that's oh, yeah. a whole nother podcast that one day, dude, one day, Gigi Allen, man. Good, good Lord. Um, I want, I want to look at more things about Frank Discuss just because I, I know we're not going to get to him. I know we're not going to get to feeders. Uh, I don't know. Are they broken up? I don't oh, know. Oh, fuck. Yeah, they're okay. broken up. Why not? Oh, never mind. They just reformed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking it up as we speak. Holy shit. In 2017, feeders once again reformed. Discussion joined by Polygro once again. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, they produced four songs with Kirkwood from Me Puppets. Damn. Oh, shit. I need to check this band out. I'm going to check it out. Uh, yeah, interesting. You know, just, just to further how controversial that band was and how much of an asshole this guy was, the cover of their second album, which is called uh, Teachers in Space, mm-hmm. well, it was the it was an image of the Challenger. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, he's an asshole. But I'm sure, I'm sure Biafra agrees with me that he was an asshole. <laughs> Fuck, man. I mean, the list of people Jello thinks is an asshole. But is- justified, though. Justified. <laughs> For sure, I'm on Biafra's side with this one. The rest of it, not so much. But uh, yeah, this, this what are we talking about? Fucking Give Me Convenience. It's a good, good compilation. Definitely worth a once over mm-hmm. for, for damn sure. I liked it a lot. Uh, Unfortunate uh, that, uh, yeah, there's this. On one hand, I do agree. If people weren't around for it, why should they get to see it? But also, like, I wasn't alive, so... Yeah. During the dead Kennedys. Uh, so it's unfortunate they can't bury the hatchet. Also, I don't I just I don't think uh, I don't think Jello would know what to do with himself playing playing festivals and shows that fucking huge. Yeah, I can't imagine him. Uh, I, I, I can't imagine him as a person mm. enjoying it, but I do imagine him nailing it. Just oh, based on how no, good the, the front man he is. Yeah, the performance, the performances would be crazy because, like I said, all four are so talented. There's no, there's no way it would suck. There's no way. There's no way. Even there's, though they're old men now, they're old men, but I believe the, in them. I fuck yeah, fuck yeah, we do. Uh, all right, let's recap. Alex, what you got? What you got? Best album, Fresh Fruit for Rotting Vegetables. Personal favorite, Plastic Surgery disasters i messed up my order uh and then worse this by default uh in god we trust anxious because it's only 13 minutes but there are arguably start to finish great songs yeah so best album and personal favorite fresh fruit for writing vegetables that one changed in my whole my little brain when i was like 15 years old or whatever because i as, as early as i got to dead candies i heard that one late shockingly um it's one of the later ones i, I know mr listening to pantera at age eight over here it was 10 but or maybe it was nine <laughs> i think it's probably nine whatever we'll settle on nine okay we'll see yeah yeah happy oh. medium uh and worst album just because it's it's long mostly bedtime for Demo- democracy 1986 it's not a bad album at all it's just 
I feel the weakest. <laughs> so anyway, thank you so much for listening and watching. Uh, if you like us and you want to help us out, I don't think I did any plugs at the beginning of you the episode. You did not. You were so excited. Yeah. Because uh, in the past, we used to do plugs strictly at the end. You kind of moved them forward. Kind of sandwiched the podcast now with the... Yeah, uh, and I, I completely forgot, but fuck it, dude. Fuck it. Uh, also, thank you to Emily for suggesting Dead Candies. It's, uh, it's fucking wonderful going back to them. And I hope you enjoy the episode or what, whatever we did here. Um, so now the standard plugs, like, subscribe. Yeah, please. Check us out. Spotify playlist. And if Spotify playlist, of course, there's going to be one on Dead Candies. You can check that out at everyalbumember.com or, I mean, there should be a link in the description of wherever you're listening and watching. There's a playlist for all the episodes at everyalbumember.com. And if you uh, want to suggest an artist like uh, good old Emily did, please send that to everyalbumember at gmail.com and we will we will do it. We'll squeeze it in the schedule at some point or another. It might take a few months in the chronological order of the podcast, but we'll do it. It's yeah. Like it's probably like she sent that email a while, a long ago. time ago. And I think it was like Christmas time. And by the time this comes out, man, I'm might sorry. Be April. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. Actually might be, April. <laughs> but it, it comes in the, we do these so far in advance and then it takes us so long. And, you know, and for us personally, we do so many of them that it doesn't feel like four months ago even. No, so. no. And logistically, we, we, we try to do these where we can actually handle it because we don't want to put two giant discographies back to back. We want to put a short one and then a long one and one that's a little bit in the middle. Also, we've been real heavy on metal and punk. Usually we yeah. try to switch it up, but dude, the, the last handful of episodes that have released uh, oh, if at, you're, the, at the recording of this, if uh, you're not a hard rock music fan, this is a rough stretch, <laughs> dude. That's why I, 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 as much as I want to promote the podcast and tell people to listen to it, I completely understand that you got we have to have a a good number under our belt before people can go back. Oh, they did a lot of things that I like because right now fucking Celtic frost and, and Husker do like, these are not <laughs> the most known, <laughs> the no. most known names. You gotta our, be fucking our, music nerds. Our YouTube views are in abysmal. the, to- in abysmal. the toilet lately. <laughs> I, but the thing is, I don't, I, I'm glad that I don't give a shit too much about YouTube. Uh, the, 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 the audio we're getting a pretty good, we're, we have some some followers on audio. We got like, in the hundreds and stuff. And so I, I'm happy with that. So all of you who are listening and for sure aren't watching. Share. <laughs> tell your friends. Let's get it into the thousands. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Uh, what else? Instagram. You can follow me at Pope Joseph Ventura as well as my music stuff. You can follow that at Pander Monkey. I, I am a pro- I'm a lot better at music for sure than I am at talking on a podcast. <laughs> so be rest assured that it's pretty good. The shit that I'm doing. I hope anyway, uh, Alex, this podcast is all I got. So I think I'm real good at, at talking on a podcast. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. my Instagram at mother puncture. If you want spoilers and hints for upcoming episodes, yeah. it's real. It's real obvious. Yeah. If you follow me, but the, the, the best thing about that is like, we do these so far in advance that, you you'll get you'll figure out what we're listening to in the moment, but but you won't for, know when it's coming. You'll forget. You'll yeah. forget about it by the time it comes out. Uh, so again, thank you for listening and watching. I am taking charge. This is I'm choosing this last song. Whatever. There's a punk band. I I'm not even it's gonna fight Mike yeah. about it. 
The same with like uh, like a hip hop one. I, I immediately give to you metal uh, yeah. ones. I usually give to you. Yeah, unless uh, I think Bad Religion's the only punk band, but they're still active, so we're not. Yeah, that's the only punk band where I'd be like, no, I'm taking that one, Mike. But yeah, and, and I would. Uh, I might as well address it here. It, it's like it's not gonna. It's not a big deal, but uh, we did cover Body Count. Body Count recently <laughs> released a new album, and this is this is the thing why we do. Uh, Bands that have broken up or the, or the they or died or something. Yeah. recording because continuity errors. So now Body Count has an album that we did not cover on our Body Count episode, episode nine. Uh, so our workaround is that we will be discussing any loose ends on our year end wrap up episode. So mm-hmm. twenty twenty year end wrap up, we're going to be talking the fuck about. That's a weird sentence. Talking the fuck about Body Count's most recent album. So until then. We got to, we're bands that have broken up just for the sake of uh, clarity and uh, for, you know, I still think, brevity. I still think we'd be safe doing a system of a down. You know what? Wait, they're still, are they still together? Yeah, they're doing a bunch of shows this year. But are they, they haven't recorded in a while? They, I don't think they're ever going to record really? again. It's lazy. I mean, but I appreciate it. I could see it happening, but uh, also, uh, yeah. I don't want to uh, spend five years on a podcast to mm-hmm. uh, talk about them. Yeah. Mm. You know, we'll talk about it off air. We'll figure yeah. it out. Okay. So the last song I am dancing between two and I, I really, I really want, I really, really want to put ill in the head mm-hmm. because if it's one of the best songs ever written, it's, it's super insane, but we did put a taste of that already. We already yes. played a little bit of that. So I think I'm going to go with the other one. That is, this could be anywhere. No, oh fuck. Well, we're gonna. Wait. I was like, moon, 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 moon. But this could be anywhere. Just as good. It's your pick. Do it. All right. Thank you for listening. See ya. <laughs>
I'm using fire. 